Support for Under the Radar comes from Wellwithall. Wellwithall believes that self-care is community care. Premium products crafted for your daily wellness, from sleep support to heart health to your daily regimen. 20% of Wellwithall's profits are committed to leading the fight for health equity. They won't stop until it is truly Wellwithall. I'm Callie Crossley, and this is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. And now for the part of the show we call Lanyap, that's Creole for something extra. Bah humbug, Scrooge's familiar retort to the Christmas enthusiast, doesn't begin to describe Alex Bernstein's take on the holidays. In his new book, Miserable Holiday Stories, 20 Festive Failures That Are Worse Than Yours, the author and humorist envisions a fictional world of offbeat characters caught up in the hurly-burly of a holiday season gone off the rails. In Bernstein's homage to the Scrooges and Grinches among us, all is not merry and bright. Alex Bernstein loves misery. Miserable Holiday Stories is the latest in his series of miserable books, including Miserable Adventure Stories, which won the 2018 Best Indie Book Award, and Miserable Love Stories. His work has appeared in McSweeney's new pop lit, The Rumpus, among numerous others. And author Alex Bernstein joins me now from Cranford, New Jersey. Welcome to Under the Radar, Alex. Hi, Callie. It's so great to be here. It's very good to have you, too, and to get into this interesting... (laughs) book. Let's get started this way. Here's an example of the kind of holiday sentiment which is the exact opposite of your miserable take. Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh my God! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, George! Tell your friend Veronica, it's time to celebrate Hanukkah. I hope I get a harmonica on this lovely, lovely Hanukkah. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. It's Christmas Eve. It's, it's the one night of the year when we all act a little nicer. We, we smile a little easier. For a couple of hours out of the whole year, we are the people that we always hoped we would be. There's no beginning, there'll be no end. Cause on Christmas, you can do So those are clips from Elf, It's a Wonderful Life, Adam Sandler's The Hanukkah Song, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Scrooged, and Love Actually. All the stuff that we Christmas enthusiasts love Alex Bernstein. (laughs) Um, But you went a whole different way. Why did you decide to write miserable holiday stories? I, I was waiting for you're gonna you're gonna shoot your eye out too. I, That's not you know. one of my particular favorites, but I get okay. it. You know. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You got Boris Karloff in there. That's good. <laughs> Why did I decide to write it? How can you not write it? I guess that's my 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 main thought. Is uh, you know, it's it's people. It's it's the most miserable time of the year. <laughs> no, it's and, not. But and, why do you think it is? <laughs> You know, I, I I have very mixed feelings about the holidays. I, I, I'm a big fan of uh, miserable stories in general, as you know, as you mentioned. Um, I think uh, I think we all have miserable stories, and uh, and I think that they're very entertaining. I think that um, you know, uh, especially at the holidays, it's a way of saying, you know, my problems, are, your problems are probably a little worse than my problems, uh, and I'd I'd like to see you fall down rather than fall down myself. Hmm. Um, 
So uh, I, I think in this way, it's a, it's a way of kind of relieving some other people's burdens. I would almost always rather hear a good, miserable story than just hear a happy, bright, a Hallmark card story. I'm, I'm okay with happy endings, but, uh, but I, I want to see people miserable to get there. I wouldn't say that a lot of your characters ended up in a happy ending. They ended up in a sometimes interesting ending, but happy, I don't know if I would describe it as that. Well, so, that's true. Some of them, some of them, just kind of start the whole cycle of misery all over again, um, uh, you know. Or, or they have a situation where the absolute worst thing that could happen didn't quite happen, but you know, they they realize that their misery isn't as bad as it as it could have been. But it's a mixed bag. Sometimes, it, sometimes there isn't a, such a happy ending. I'm going to ask you to read from the book in just a second, but but let me set it up this way. Now, have you discovered through the years, aside from your own interest in miserable kinds of events and your perspective, that there's a community of folks like yourself who generally view the holidays as kind of a messed up time where, you know, stuff is never going right? I think absolutely, yeah. I mean, the one experience I've really had with all of these books is that, you know, the moment we start talking about them, everybody has miserable stories. You know, everybody very much relates to these things in these books, which is not to say that to a degree, the holidays aren't a wonderful time of year. I mean, people certainly, you know, love all the celebrations and the lights, but, but there's, there's always just that kind of little, little misery, little suffering behind everything. And I think that people relate to that very much. So as we said, there are 20 festive failures that are worse than yours is the second half of the title of your book. Let's uh, read an excerpt. This is from Blue Christmas. And the setup is that there is a gentleman trying to book an event at a Jewish community center and suddenly his main act goes away. And now he's desperately looking for somebody. And the person that he found is an Elvis impersonator, except he's Christian, which doesn't seem to fit in the scenario. So uh, he's supposed to just do the act and not really sort of reveal that part of him. And, you know, as we can imagine, things go wrong. So this is from Blue Christmas. Yes. Cassidy is the name of the Elvis impersonator. Cassidy blows through jailhouse rock. Don't be cruel. Puppet on a string. Trouble. I want you. I need you. I love you. Return to sender, teddy bear, don't, all shook up, suspicious mind, stuck on you, can't help falling in love, burning love, bigger hunk of love, love me tender, blue suede shoes, are you lonesome tonight, Eleanor Rigby, and hound dog. And before you know it, the evening's half over. He sings dreidel, 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 and actually stops the show for a candlelight prayer of Mozart. He sings blue Hanukkah, winking and smiling at Julie and all the women in the audience. They laugh. They love it. Such a booby. After two hours and two encores of rambling and rocking, Cassidy, drenched in sweat, slows things to a halt and speaks in confession to the audience. My, 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 he says. Thank you all so much for coming together on this cold, frosty night. My final song, ladies and gentlemen, was written by a man named Israel Baleen, a Jewish man who became America's greatest modern-day composer. And no matter what words he wrote, his music spoke of a deeper understanding of faith, a faith that came right straight from the center of his heart. And Cassidy turns to me. Uh-oh. I'd like to dedicate this song to Robert Chaikin, who helped make my dream of being with you tonight a reality. People look at me, some sniggering, some wary, confused. I can feel the hives creeping across my back. 
In a steady, quiet voice, Casey begins. And suddenly, the entire crowd listens to the perfect, rising melody of a white Christmas, just like the one they used to know. And the ether rises with images of glistening treetops and those playful children hearing sleigh bells in the snow. And I'm frozen. Oh my God, he did it. He screwed me. He couldn't let it go. How could he do this? I imagine congregants setting fire to the building, the roof caving in, rocks thrown at my house, and I'm flush red, but, but I realize everyone's quiet, listening. And a few seats over, I hear in a whisper, Irving Berlin was Jewish? <laughs> so that's a funny little take on it. And uh, I enjoyed that one very much. Uh, Thank because you. <laughs> I, I was just trying to envision the Elvis impersonator at the Jewish Community Center to, to begin with. So that was yeah. that was pretty funny. Um, I apologize <laughs> for my lame my lame Elvis impression, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we, we saw it. We heard it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Let me remind my listeners that you are Alex Bernstein and you're the author of Miserable Holiday Stories, 20 Festive Failures That Are Worse Than Yours. It's our December selection for Bookmark, the Under the Radar Book Club. And you just graced us with a reading from uh, a story called Blue Christmas. So let me ask this question. Are you just a Debbie Downer in general, or is this your <laughs> your sense of humor? <laughs> um, I It is my sense of humor. I, I do think um, I do think that these stories are a lot of fun. It's funny because the ones you, you mentioned to me that you wanted to potentially read today, you picked some of the most miserable. You picked some of the ones that are really like not, you know, because there's a lot of pieces in the book are, I think, pretty funny, but everybody has a different take. But I, I do. I think that I find the, the things people go through uh, very compelling. I think that, uh, you know, I'd rather hear about the angst and the, and what people are going through. So, you know, I guess maybe you could call me a Debbie Downer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you elected to do short stories. I guess your other miserable books take the same format. Are they all short stories as well? They are. The other two books are also short stories. Yeah, Miserable Adventure Stories and Miserable Love Stories. And then I have a book that's sort of a, a memoir slash novel called uh, Plurk Nib. And, uh, and, and we have a few things in the works. So. so at least in this book, anyway, none of the characters overlap. So they're all in their own universes. I know that's, you know, by design. And totally different circumstances. I, the one that I really wanted to pull a clip from, but it was just too much going on. There was a little bit profane for this even adult audience, <laughs> but it was, that one was pretty funny where all the people ended up kind of in a Larry David situation at the end. There were five different threads and then they all ended up together. Is that <laughs> the, that's the 22? Yeah, I think that was, I was like, oh my yeah. God, what is happening here? That's my favorite piece in the book, actually. <laughs> yeah, it was, I just couldn't find a way to, no, to, to get no, it without, it, it you, does, people are going to have to read it to get the full, the full yeah. impact of it. But, uh, yeah. but I, but I, but it of course made me wonder of, outside of just your general creativity as a writer, my God, where do you come up with these characters? <laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny, by the way, and I, and I love that you love the 22 because that is my favorite piece in the book. And it's and it's not everybody's favorite piece in the book. That's a real good example of a piece that some people are like, wow, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <clears throat> but um, but I'll give you an example from that story that we can talk about. One of the things I love in that piece is that one of the main characters is a guy who has no peripheral vision. So what does that mean? It means that, um, it, that he doesn't have peripheral vision. So if you are standing in front of him, he can see you. But if you're just slightly off to the side, then you're like the most perfect invisible ninja. 
and they'll never, you know, and he would never, he would never see you. And a lot of the complications in that story are because he can't see anything happening on the side. And I knew a guy like that, like about 20 years ago. I, I knew a guy who, and people would actually, you know, they would, you would see people go past him and they would like make faces to him and he would never see it because he didn't have peripheral vision. So actually a lot of the things from the book, you know, are, are based on observations or they're based on people I've met or stories I've heard. Yeah, you find that in a bunch of the pieces in the book. And Blue Christmas was was like that. We had to fill a, we it wasn't an Elvis impersonator, although I've seen Elvis impersonators, but it was a case where we had to find uh, somebody at the last minute to do a show. And um, and another piece you you looked at, Balance, uh, is, is, is very much about the people in that story. So. Mm. I'm Callie Crossley, and you're listening to Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. My guest is Alex Bernstein, whose latest book is Miserable Holiday Stories, 20 Festive Failures That Are Worse Than Yours. And it's our December selection for Bookmarked, the Under the Radar book club. So I wondered, I mean, on its face, or on their face, I guess, uh, it they seem like simple stories that are meant to be miserable or have a little ironic twist at the end. But then I started thinking, Maybe you have bigger societal points you're making. So for in 22, as we've mentioned, where the man has no peripheral vision, are you making a statement about people who cannot see broadly or outside of themselves? In the case of Blue Christmas, where the guy was intent because he had to, he felt, get someone exactly perfectly Jewish for the Jewish event and nothing else will do. And please don't say you're Christian in this space. Are you also commenting that you have short expectations for people? You don't know how they may be receptive given a certain set of circumstances, if you're respectful. But I'm asking you, or did I just sure. take away some stuff? That no, I, I, th- I think that's great. No, none of that is there. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, 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 that's, 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 that's not true. I, I think that, I think that um, probably one thing that you hit on there, which I appreciate is that um, a lot of the story is, is are about um, specific quirks people have tend to be things that they create themselves uh, there's a lot of people creating a lot of trouble for themselves. In in Blue Christmas, there's a lot of angst about getting in this this Elvis impersonator. And when you come to the story, you'd be like, why is there so much angst about just bringing in a guy to sing some songs? But they create a lot of trouble for themselves. And I think that that trouble is reflective of um, the situations that they find themselves in. And I think that that's probably true of a lot of the pieces in the book. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I want you to read from Grandpa Lou's Legacy, another in the 20 festive failures that are worse than yours. And the setup is that Grandpa Lou has died and he kept all these journals, like tons and tons of journals. And his widow, the grandmother of the granddaughter who's telling the story, is anxious for someone to look through the journals and write it up and and give a summary of what Grandpa Lou was putting in those journals all the time. So she decides to take it on one holiday. Okay, this is going to be my gift to the family. I'm going to go through there. I'm going to do a little bound book of the best of Grandpa Lou's journals, and I'm going to hand it out as uh, Christmas presents. So that's the setup to Grandpa Lou's legacy. All right. And, I, and just to be clear... Um, one of the odd things in this story is that both the grandpa and the grandma's names are both Lou. So you didn't hear that incorrectly. One is Louis and the other is Luella. Mm-hmm. So so um, just to be clear, Grandma Lou sat downstairs in her big bear chair, nodding in and out of talk shows. 
She had been married to Grandpa for 42 years, never married again after he died, never even considered it. Since high school, she'd been reminding me monthly about my commitment to go through the journals. Clearly, she had an idea about what was in them. The trunks were old, waxy, burnt brown steamer trunks covered with dust. Aged yellowing paper taped to them had LD written in magic marker. The journals dated consistently from 1932 to 1955 and then sporadically, 1957, 59, 60, 62, 65, 69, 70. They stopped a couple pages into 1970 and then that was the end of it. All told, there were about 30 journals. The first few years were several notebooks apiece. My fantasy was that I would start reading and immediately be overwhelmed, not just by the brilliance and richness of the material, but by the voice, the vision, the structure. I would marvel at not just the insight and depth of the characters, but the completeness. My experience of the process of writing, including hundreds of fertile 10th grade minds over the past three years, had been that in prose fragments, as in poetry, there can be a completeness. An ability to successfully convey even a single image or thought can define a person. So I approached these papers with a healthy but restrained optimism. Yet, after just five hours of reading, I could not have been prepared for what I discovered. Grandpa Lou had nothing to say. I mean nothing. I don't mean that metaphorically, like he didn't have a point of view or an imagination. I mean, literally, nothing. <laughs> That's my guest, Alex Bernstein, reading from his latest book, Miserable Holiday Stories, 20 Festive Failures That Are Worse Than Yours. It's our December selection for Bookmark, the Under the Radar Book Club. Okay, that one really got me. <laughs> and what, what made you what made you pick these pieces? I don't know. That one was <laughs> that one to me was funny. And you know, I'm not giving too much away to say the the granddaughter goes through, keeps going, trying, trying desperately to find something Grandpa Lou had to say. Right. And there is nothing. And the examples are hilarious. It's what did she said? There's like a thousand first sentences. Some of them aren't even sentences. Yeah. So, and it's not, I mean, you really are not expecting that. You're expecting that there's going to be some deep sentiment that Grandpa Lou has had after filling up all of these journals. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's I, probably the most miserable story in the book, by the way. Like and if again, you want to really get depressed, <laughs> you got to have a couple of drinks with that story. Yeah. Well, again, I decided to look at it more broadly and say, were you trying to say so many people have nothing to say? <laughs> I don't, I right. <laughs> were you saying that or just Grandpa Lou? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you know, I think I think um, there's a couple things going on in that story. One is you just have a person at their nadir who is this the who's the voice of this character, Irma, who just is trying to find anything to latch on to. And, um, and, you know, and she had this grandfather and, and, and Grandpa Lou is based on a, a, one, of, one of my grandfathers who, um, who, who, you know, just desired to be a writer and had and did have steamer trunks full of and full of, uh, you know, tons and tons of journals. And so, you know, she's hoping to discover, you know, she's hoping to discover a miracle treasure in these things. She's given up her entire Christmas holiday to, to go discover this in these in these trunks. 
and 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 that discovery is a, not just about discovering his legacy, but discovering her own legacy. You know, it's a, it's a, a projection of who she is, and what she finds is not is not what she was expecting. And then so now she's trying to make lemonade out of the lemons she finds in these trunks. I don't um, think she can find the fruit. There's no. Yeah, <laughs> it's really yeah. bad. <laughs> it's it's like ashes. Yeah, I felt um, so sorry for her. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's uh, it's probably not the most upbeat ending of stories <laughs> yeah, in this book. Stick with the bicycle boys. That's <laughs> that's what I would suggest. So, what's been a general response to your miserable stories overall? You know, not just this latest edition, but do, do people like really respond? Yeah, I mean, I think people, I think people really relate to them. I mean, you know, you do, I, you know, I do get some trolls and, and what's funny is that the, the trolls split into two groups, one of which is these stories uh, are, and, and by the way, they split exactly down these lines. They split about the, these stories are not miserable enough, <laughs> right? And these stories are way too miserable. <laughs> <laughs> That's so there's no, funny. There's no middle ground. There's no, yeah. Um, people either think that these people should all be dead by the end of the story or that, or that what's wrong with this guy that he writes this story about this woman who can't find anything in these trunks. But I think for the most part, people do respond very, I think people respond very emotionally to these stories. And I think that they, they very much relate to them. I mean, they're, they're, you know, bittersweet is the words that I, is the, is the word that I, I hear probably the most in terms of these books. I would consider it the gift of the Magi bittersweet. This is not bittersweet to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, right. you know. <laughs> yeah. Who do you think your audience is? Oh, I think my audience is everybody who, who celebrates the holidays. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I have one last question for you. And sure. um, it's just, uh, it's a, I'll keep it confidential. It's just between us. Can, can uh, I, can, before you ask, can uh, I mention that the book actually won an award yesterday? Oh, my God. What? Tell, can it, tell won, us it, it won uh, America, AmericanBookFest.com's 2021 Best Book Award for, for humor. Wow. So look at all those miserable judges. I know. I know. And it was Who a knew? finalist. It was a finalist in two other categories, but it won, it actually won for humor. I guess they they clearly they didn't read the story about the woman with the stories in the trunk. All right, last question. Yeah, sorry. Just between us. Sure. Now, are you secretly buying 10 times more Hanukkah gifts than anybody else and secretly watching Christmas movies on Hallmark? I mean, is that oh, yeah. the real you? Oh, yeah. Oh, nobody likes these holidays more than I like them. I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that you can't write about them if you don't celebrate and enjoy them. So yeah, you, you should see my stack of Christmas CDs. It's, 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 it's terrifying. Um, and I'm the kind of guy who would just play them all year long. You know, I would never turn them off in the grocery store. I'd make people listen to them over and over and over. Okay. So, That's miserable. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm waiting I, for the perfect Hanukkah CD to come out. I haven't heard that yet. I've yeah, got a couple of them. Lots yeah. of people are waiting for that, I think, you know. Right. Um, Alex Bernstein, you are one of a kind. So thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Callie. <laughs> Alex Bernstein is the author of Miserable Holiday Stories, 20 Festive Failures That Are Worse Than Yours, the latest in his series of miserable books, including Miserable Adventure Stories, which won the 2018 Best Indie Book Award, and Miserable Love Stories. Miserable Holiday Stories is our December selection for Bookmarked, the Under the Radar Book Club, and available online and in bookstores now. Have a holly jolly Christmas. 
It's the best time of the year I don't know if there'll be snow But have a cup of cheer Have a holly jolly Christmas And when you walk down the street Say hello to friends you know And everyone you meet Oh, ho, the mistletoe hung where you can see That's it for this week's show. We're on the web at gbh.org news, Under the Radar with Callie Crossley, and available for download wherever you get your podcasts. Under the Radar with Callie Crossley is a production of GBH, produced by Hannah Ubley and engineered by Dave Goodman. Sarah Kaplan is our intern. Our theme music is Fish and Chips by We Are Two Saxies, Grace Kelly and Leo P. See you here at 6 p.m. next Sunday. I'm Callie Crossley. Thanks for listening.